Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Hello, and welcome to Way Back When with your host, Welcome to Big Blend Radio, everybody. Uh, today we are going to go to Manassas National Battlefield Park. It's in uh, the uh, it's actually located in Prince William County, Virginia, and we're very excited to talk about this. Uh, it is a very important piece of history that happened uh, over in this battlefield area, especially when we talk about the Civil War. And from pictures that I've seen, it looks absolutely beautiful, too. So a lot of history and nature. <laughs> and um, we're very excited to welcome back author and poet Lisa Samia. Now, she was on our show last year um, in the fall. Uh, she was uh, chosen as the National Parks Arts Foundation Poet-in-Residence in Gettysburg National Military Park. So we first met with her when she received that, and uh, we talked with her. We listened to some of her poetry, which we get to do today. Uh, she is uh, the author of The Nameless and the Faceless of the Civil War, and also The Nameless and the Faceless Women of the Civil War, as well as other essays all related to Civil War and especially speaking up for women uh, during the Civil War. So I encourage you to go to her website. It's lisasamia.com, and that's S-A-M-I-A. So welcome back, Lisa. How are you? Oh, I'm just terrific, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me back today. It's really great to hear your voice. Uh, you too. I'm glad to have you back on and excited because uh, you were also chosen as a poet-in-residence over at Manassas National Battlefield Park, and um, that's quite an honor. And I encourage everyone to go to, to Manassas, the website. It is nps.gov forward slash M-A-N-A, and we're excited to have Liz Hokanson join us. She is a park ranger over there. So, hey, you know park rangers are rock stars of the park. So welcome, Liz. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Now, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Because as I said that, I went, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. Did I pronounce <laughs> it correctly or what? Or correct me, please. <laughs> you weren't far off, but it's Hokanson. So it's a slightly different emphasis on a different hey. syllable. <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to be airing this on November 14th. And um, I got all excited. Yeah. And then before we started recording, you're like, well, it didn't quite happen this way. <laughs> uh, November 14th, 1936 is pretty much where that land was, not all of it, right? Um, the actual battlefield, the land there was uh, designated as a recreational demonstration area. I didn't even know we had those, uh, the Bull Run Recreational <laughs> Demonstration Area. And then you say later in May 10th, 1940, was actually designated uh, Battlefield Park, Manassas National Battlefield Park um, under uh, NPS, the National Park Service. Did I get that part right? <laughs> yes, yes. So on May 10, 1940, uh, the Secretary of the Interior, Harold Ickes, designated um, what was two separate properties, uh, the Bull Run Recreational Demonstration Area, with a brand new property that was going to become part of it. Um, and that was the uh, tract uh, around Henry Hill, 
Uh, there's about 116 acres there that was going to be folded into that recreational demonstration area. And so that is how we became Manassas National Battlefield Park. Oh, and, and change the name because recreational demonstration yeah. area doesn't sound much like a battlefield to me. It sounds, yeah, let's let's go jogging through a battlefield or something. That so I like the new name um, because this is really uh, the the first. You had the first. You had two battles there, right, of Bull Run that happened um, in the Civil War. And as I was looking, I'm like, I didn't know that this is actually the area where uh, General Thomas J. Jackson got his nickname Stonewall. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so one of the things that our visitors are often very surprised to hear is that there were two battles because uh, most people have heard of the first battle of Manassas or Bull Run. Uh, they are interchangeable. That is one of the big questions we get is what's the difference between Manassas and Bull Run. And really they are the, the uh, Confederate and then Union names for the battles. Um, because that first battle was the first major land battle of the Civil War, uh, people tend to have heard more about that. But the second battle, uh, which is fought 13 months later, has twice the number of soldiers and five times the number of casualties as the first one. And it often kind of gets swept up because it sits in a campaign that's right between what happens down around Richmond in the spring and early summer of 1862 and then um, Antietam and the Maryland campaign um, following that in September of 1862. Wow, wow. And and apparently it was really rainy and not, not a wasn't it was gonna be a short battle but it wasn't, right? Uh uh the first battle? Yeah. When or, they didn't they think it battle. was gonna be I don't or both of them, you know, yeah. I haven't been there yet. That it wasn't they didn't yeah. expect it to kinda of drag on like it did. No, the first battle of Manassas <clears throat> um when it's fought on july twenty first, eighteen sixty one uh, most people, whether you were in the north or south, uh, believed that whenever war finally came, it was going to be quick. So they might only fight one or two battles. They might fight for two months. They might fight a campaign, something like that, and then it would all be done. But as they walked away from the fields of Manassas, uh, people in both the north and the south started to come to terms with the fact that this was going to be a much longer and more protracted struggle than anybody had anticipated. Of course, we know today uh, that conflict lasted for four years and claimed the lives of somewhere between maybe like two or two and a half percent of the American population. Um, but they wow. had absolutely no idea of that at the time. Wow, that's that's huge. That's huge. Lisa, what attracted mm -hmm. you to, to apply for the being the poet in residence at Manassas? Well, um, just the battlefield itself. I mean, the opportunity uh, to go to Manassas and live on the battlefield, walk out of your front door, um, the, the residence is actually on the battlefield, walk out your front door, walk down the driveway and uh, cut across the hill, and uh, you are in the middle of Manassas National uh, Battlefield Park. It is the most phenomenal experience. Uh, it's almost surreal to me um, because of the type of poetry uh, that, that I'm focusing on. Um, and it, it, it was for me um, to apply, obviously. I knew, I knew that uh, once I was there um, and started walking around, uh, which is what I did almost every single day except for, I think, two rainy days uh, when it was, you know, too difficult to walk. But 
for, for most of the time that I was there every single day. I would go out and I would walk and I would think and I would look mm. and the quiet was totally inspirational uh, and the beauty uh, and, and contradictory to that, obviously, is the carnage that happened in the first and second battle of Manassas. And um, it, 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 there was this one moment, um, and it was actually the last poem that I wrote. Uh, I was fortunate that the inspiration was so strong and so incredible and so poignant that uh, the last poem that I wrote was uh, over by the Stonebridge Loop Trail. Liz, I think you know, you know that. And I was uh, walking along <laughs> the uh, Bull Run Creek, and the fall foliage was so magnificent. And the stillness mm. there and the overwhelming sense that I got of all those lost and unknown souls. And that oh. last poem that I wrote, yeah, was, was a gift that mm. I will be giving to the Manassas uh, Military uh, Battlefield Park, uh, which I will be reciting uh, during the course of this interview. Oh, I knew. Um, I knew when I got there. I knew when I applied even that having this opportunity um, – was just an incredible, incredible experience. I, I wish everyone, whatever medium they have, um, you can go on the NPS website and, and check and see who's having these artists in residencies and how to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot, uh, because the Park Service embraced me and supported me completely and loved my work. I just, awesome. It was amazing. It's, it's, you know, such hell of ground, like when you think about being there, yes. and, you know, like you were saying, the carnage. Even using that word, just like, oh, you know, yep. it's 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 so deep. Mm-hmm. These kind of parks, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I think it's also important for youth to go there um, and to understand. There's so much more, um, you know, being able to go there. And I think poetry puts like life into, even though if we're talking about death, right? Puts yes. life into it. That's puts right. the feeling into it. You know, and sometimes. When you're reading in school, and it's just like you know the typical words in a textbook. You don't get that emotion to it. That's right. And I think poetry helps, and I think going there helps it does. too. It 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 completely did. And you know, for me, you know what I you know what I said previously, all the carnage. Okay, so you're you're lumping in all these casualties that Liz had mentioned. You know, um, in, the, in the first and then, you know, um, five times the amount of casualties in the second battle. Well, what is that? Well, they're people. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. for me, it's the humanity of the history. It's one thing to say it's this, 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 and this. That's the history. It's what happened. This is how it got here. This is the result. But for me, it's never just words on a page when I see that it's casualties. Who were these people? You know, some of the unknowns. I mean, you know, through the poetry, giving a voice to, mm. to you know, people, uh, um, you know, who suffered and, and obviously died in, in the Civil War but didn't make it into the history books. This is the premise of both the collections. Right. Um, what right. happened to them? Who, who were they? I can't give them a name or a face, but I can give them a voice. And the voice is yeah. telling you uh, what they are experiencing during the course of an event during the Civil War. Did you tie any of um, it back to... Women, I know that you've done that, you know, also, yes, and, you know, yes. you've written about that, but tying it back to the women, because a lot of times we didn't hear their stories during the Civil War. That's correct. Um, that is absolutely correct. Uh, the Nameless and Faceless Women of the Civil War uh, does uh, focus um, on women's voices uh, and uh, women who went above and beyond the call uh, and didn't even know 
uh, necessarily that um, perhaps someday they would they would be recognized, you know, in a history book. They just went out and tended the soldiers and, you know, people like Clara Barton and, you know, Mother Bickerdyke mm-hmm. and, you know, these, these incredible, and Dorothea Dix, you know, these incredible women who, you know, found in themselves the strength and the ability to say, I need to help, I need to do something, what can we do? And what about all the women? Right. During the mm. Civil War. And, and you know, and, and especially for me, I found a lot of research in uh, women of the Civil War in um, Southern women's diaries. Uh, I went there a lot because we know a lot of the battles. Right. We're in the South and we know that a lot of devastation happened in the South, as opposed, you know, to the North, with the exception, of course, of Gettysburg, you know, and Antietam. But but I think that, um, you know, in looking at that, that's where I found. Um, a lot of this uh, information um, as far as, you know, bringing their voices to the forefront. I mean, I, I look at it and, and you know, the, the book itself, the book cover itself was uh, The Nameless and Faceless Woman of the Civil War, and the cover is actually a relative of mine. And her name was Elvira Finchmore, and she was from upstate New York and in 1853 moved to Fairfax County, Virginia to marry John L. Moore. And, mm-hmm. well, in 1853 there was no North and South, right? It was just all the United States. And in, in, there was a letter written by her husband, John L. Moore, to his brothers and sisters in February of 1861. And he indicates in this letter, he says, you know, he was afraid that he, he says, kind of like this, that his Negroes would flee to uh, Washington, D.C. to be secreted there. So to me, he would, that was saying that he probably had slaves. It was extremely difficult to, to, to read through that. Um, and then we have in the back of her, there was a photograph, a lithograph that was given to me. And uh, in the back of it was a secret pocket. And in that pocket was guards and pickets passes that were laminated and kept very, very safe and clean. So someone in the family was keeping keeping track of, of Elvira and what she did during the Civil War. But we actually don't know what she was doing because oh. family lore has said that she was a traitor and a spy. But a traitor and a spy to who? Which side? Yeah. So in, th- in thinking of all of that, I expanded it in thinking of all the women who had to, you know, leave their homes, who became refugees, who had to pick up the hoe, pick up the pen, you know, learn how to figure out planting and, you know, learn how to manage a household without you know, all this, you know, extra, you know, help, as it were, this labor. Mm. And, and you know, I try to put myself in Elvira's shoes and, and you know, and say to myself, what, what would I have done to save my it's family? Like, it's it's like the farmhouses or the Civil War was, you know, there's, and I don't, I don't think it's that far from you, and, and I never get the name of this National Park Unit correct, but there's a series of farmhouses, and the battle was happening right outside the farmhouse. Like, you're with your kids, mm-hmm. you're the mom, and with your kids, yeah. and they're, Shooting grenade, like you know, big old cannon things going off, you know, and it's like, how do you tell your kids, don't worry, it's gonna be okay, right. and you wake up right. the next morning and you you know your normal farm field is covered with dead bodies. That has right. got to you know the trauma from that, just even the kids, but the moms trying to to nurture yeah. during that has got to be just devastating for them, and the strength to be able to. Move forward to rise above this. Yeah, I I couldn't believe it. One of one of the researches that I did do um, was a Civil War diarist named Cornelia Pete McDonald, 
and she lives in the Shenandoah Valley and uh, Winchester, actually. And um, we know from history that uh, Winchester, Virginia changed hands between the Union and the uh, Confederacy many, 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 many times over the course of the war. So she had nine children, and um, her baby daughter died. And it was so extraordinary how she wrote and what she wrote, uh, her feelings uh, in this diary um, about about her, her child dying. And that was the inspiration for one of the poems called Winchester, Virginia, 1862. And, you know, I, I followed her life through through the war, and, you know, the Union came in, and they, she had nine children. She They pushed them all to one side of the house, and, you know, all their crops were destroyed, their fences, their fruit trees, everything. And eventually she became a refugee and uh, moved to Lexington, uh, uh, Virginia, uh, with her children. And um, her husband was, I believe, um, I don't want to see, I, I know he was high up in the Confederacy, but he ended up uh, passing away during the war. So there she is, all on her own. And it was extraordinary. You know, she taught painting and, and things like that to, to, to help raise her children. Unbelievable, unbelievable. When you, you have to read it, though, and you have to force yourself to read this stuff. It's very, very mm. difficult to read. But you have to sit and force yourself to understand what they, some of these women were going through. Yeah. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. The, is it morning yet? Deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Liz, over at Manassas, um, you know, I was, I was reading a little bit about it. And now I have to go. Nancy and I have to be there. <laughs> we want to go to Manassas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I was reading, like, some of the exhibits that you have some of the actual soldiers' uniforms, some even with bullet holes in them. So it's, like, that really brings it home. So it's not just a replica, right? These are You actually have those play? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, in fact, I am uh, the education program coordinator at the battlefield. And one of my predecessors had a museum-quality reproduction made of one of those jackets. Uh, was the jacket of a young guy named Charles Norris who had borrowed a VMI cadet jacket from a friend. He was a student at VMI, hmm. and uh, he was killed out at the first battle. So if you walk through our museum, oh. you can actually see that jacket with the hole in it uh, right where he had been hit. Um, we have an exact museum-quality <laughs> reproduction that I can actually take out and use with school children um, <laughs> who are – 9, 10, 11 years old, and I think it really blows their mind that Norris was only maybe six or seven years older than them. And, um, you know, they can barely fit in it in some cases because kids today are just a little bit bigger. Um, And so it really just kind of hits it home for them in a very personal way. 
Yeah, you know, it's always seems like I think yeah. especially Revolutionary War when they had mm. you know the young boys out there with the drums and and you know playing the brass. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's just you know you're you're yeah. so young to be out there, you mm. know. Um, yeah, it's rough. Now I also read, and now is this true oh, yeah. that you found not specifically you, but there's a couple of bodies of skeletal remains found? Uh, recently, oh, or a few boy. years ago, is that yeah, true? Yeah, uh, so yeah, so actually, I have been at Manassas since 2018, and on my third day working at the park, um, I walked in right at the the correct time because those bodies were interred at Arlington National Cemetery with full military honors, um, and the bodies had been found uh, just about seven years ago. Uh, it was uh, the end of 2014, early 2015. They had been out doing some routine archaeological work in the park, and what they discovered were bone fragments. Uh, they sent them off to the Smithsonian, uh, much like the TV show Bones. Um, <laughs> the forensic anthropologists there uh, were able to determine they were human, and what it turned out to be was uh, the limbs of 11 different individuals that had been found, plus these two almost completely intact skeletons. Uh, this is the first discovery, really, of its kind in North America. And uh, they went on to do further testing on the bodies uh, between some things that were found with the bodies, some impressions that were left in the bone, and then um, radioactive isotopes uh, in the bones. They were able to determine these guys were from upstate New York or New England, very likely New York. And that's how they were able to determine they were Union soldiers, which is how they ended up at Arlington. Wow. wow. I mean, talk about, like, you know, <laughs> that's wow. just, talk about forensics. I mean, it's amazing what can be done now, too, you know. Wow. So, there's, you know, mm. that's, that is oh, absolutely ab- huge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. In fact, because that was my third day at the park, um, <laughs> from there, I went in to write up a project uh, that I submitted to get money to put together a medical traveling trunk. Uh, that really highlighted a little bit of that story, but also highlighted the medical history of the war, uh, which is something that visitors often misunderstand or that people just in general society have misunderstandings about. And uh, this year was the year I got the money to put that trunk together. So as Lisa was working on her residency, I also was working on putting together lesson plans and other interpretive materials to use that oh, trunk. Oh, cool. So, That's wow. yeah. That's so cool. That is so that is. cool. So you did a couple wow. presentations while you were there, Lisa. Yes, I did. Um, I The first one I did was on October 23rd. It was a Saturday. And I had the honor of standing in front of the Stone House um, out on the uh, battlefield. And I... I was very fortunate because at that time um, I had written five poems. I had been there about 10 days and I wrote uh, five new poems uh, on Manassas. And it was, uh, I was very excited about that uh, because I could see that uh, the material and the inspiration was, was there. And I was able to be laser focused um, which is the whole intention of this program, 
because it just gives these artists the ability to be in the park and and do your work mm-hmm. uh, free mm-hmm. of you know you're not you're not dealing with phones you're not dealing with this. I mean, the only thing I had was my laptop. I had to have that to get all this information, do a little research, talk to Liz and. Um, but other than that, it's you are there uh, to embrace your art. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I did the Stone House. It was a phenomenal experience. And then uh, the following Saturday, so between that Saturday and the next Saturday, which was the 30th, I was at the uh, Henry Hill House. And I had written five more poems oh. in that week. Uh, is That's it, this amazing. is a lot. This is really a lot, yes, yes. Uh, but... It was coming, the inspiration and the words were coming so quickly uh, because I just completely focused and had the, had the uh, ability to completely focus on where I was, what I wanted to communicate, you know, uh, bring these, a lot of these unknown voices uh, to the forefront as to what they were seeing, as to what they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And so being at the Henry House, it was, it was phenomenal. So I just loved it. And and so actually staying in the park, do you think that really, yes. really kind of so, like you're there, <laughs> like they were, yes. you know? That like, that was that was that was the caveat. That was so incredible. Again, <laughs> put on my 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 shoes, my sneakers, <laughs> you know, my workout clothes, you know, put a belt on, get your water, your key, your phone, bang, there you go, and just walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and think and open your eyes and listen and listen to the stillness. This is what really got to me um, because, again, it's in great contradiction to the carnage that happened there. Wow. And Unbelievable. You talk about the stillness and some of the photos you sent us is really beautiful. And, Liz, that's what Thank I you. want to ask. You know, one of the things when we travel, we could go to a historical park and ninety-five, 99% of the time you're going to find something to do with nature there and vice versa. You, you know, even if you go to Yosemite, you're going to find a whole bunch of history, human history, natural history, you know, history and nature go hand in hand. Um, so over at Manassas at the battlefield, you know, it seems that you guys have like awesome walking trails and nature is a part of the park as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a typical year, we might have a hundred thousand people coming through the museum doors, but we have somewhere around maybe 500,000 coming through some of the parking areas in the park, uh, which mm-hmm. really gives you a sense of just how many people come to Manassas to get out and enjoy nature. Uh, we have a lot of people that come and walk their dogs, they hike, they run, but we have about 42 miles of trails. Half mm-hmm. of that is bridal trails. So we have a lot of people in the Northern Virginia kind of area here that like to ride horses, They'll come out on those trails. Uh, we have uh, something called the Battlefield Equestrian Society that helps us maintain those trails. And wow. uh, we do have people constantly out in our park. Uh, one, one of the things that sometimes visitors are very surprised by who are not from the local area is just how large the battlefield is. It's about 5,100 acres. And so you can really wander miles in any direction if you really want to. Um, and they're very often surprised when we tell them we have this building open or that building, but you're probably going to want to drive to get there on time for whatever activity is going on. So, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah who knew on yeah. that? I mean, it, it's 
it's hard to actually understand what acreage is like until you get in it. You know what I mean? And you start walking it, then you mm. understand how how big an acre is, you know, a square acre. Mm. But um, so that's really interesting. It's interesting about the horses yeah. too. I know when we were in Gettysburg, I yeah. turned around and like people are on horseback, and I'm like, it it transported me way back. Like suddenly I'm like, mm. what? What am I? Am I dreaming? You know? And, um, <laughs> and it, it, you know, because it just kind of like, what? What's going on? Uh, but it's, you know, these battlefields are just so, it, it's such an emotional thing. And, and I think, you know, Lisa, that's something as a poet that you really pick up on. And so I know you were yeah. going to read your, your final poem that you wrote there. So yes. do you want to go for Thank it? Thank you. I do. Uh, this was the um, last poem that I wrote while I was at uh, Manassas uh, Battlefield Park. This was the last poem that I read in my um, second presentation. The inspiration for this poem came while I was, again, walking along the Bull Run Creek um, in magnificence of fall, the silence, and I got this overwhelming sense of all the lost and unknown souls. This is my gift to Manassas uh, uh, Battlefield Park. It's called, Rise Up All Ye of Manassas, Rise. Rise up all ye of Manassas, rise, and take your place among the skies. For in these fields, among those unknowns, there are stories I know that are yet untold, whispers of valor and elan that you did make, stories of friendships you did not forsake. Rise up, all ye of Manassas, rise, and take your place along God's side. These lush fields colored in magnificent green were once killing fields of the obscene, a battlefield where the country divided and fought, and now where unity shall forever be taught. Rise up, all ye of Manassas, rise. I have heard your silent cries, whispers of those left behind without a name or a face. So many I know here in this place. Names like the Deep Cut, Unfinished Railroad to witness here and there, and the stone house, Henry Hill, filled with such despair. With each step across these hallowed grounds, be mindful a soldier may have found a final resting place too young to die, yet so many did is how I cry. Rise up, all ye of Manassas, rise. Your presence here is so defined. Just walk the stone bridge along the riverbed, the one called Bull Run that long ago bled. Stop and listen to the forest sounds and for a moment become one with them for all their sacrifice and so many men. Rise up, all ye of Manassas, rise. Take thy brethren by your side. And hand in hand for those who ascended to the Almighty, Almighty's throne, let us never forget those lost and unknown. Thank wow, you. Lisa. Wow. Yeah, wow. I know. <laughs> I want to read that. So is that I? I want to like you know you hear it and then you want to hear it again. You want to read it again because I can send, there's I can, a lot I in can there. I can send it to you, but but I would ask you not to um, not to have that. Uh, yes, because it's out anywhere because it's it's a gift. It's a gift to the park. Yes, thank you. So so what? Yeah, what happens with that? Do you put it on display somewhere? I know it's at the beginning of everything. You know, this is just a, a residency that is just finished now. Um, do you know what mm-hmm. happens from there, Liz, with with the poem? Yeah. So typically, um, as part of the artist in residence program, the artist that we choose is expected to give us an original work or our portfolio of work, whatever it is. Um, and so it really just depends on the medium. Uh, so if we have visual artists, very often we'll hang up their artwork. 
um, at our headquarters building, kind of in the hallways where a lot of the um, VIPs and dignitaries come through. Uh, we also uh, do have some people who in the past, in about five years of doing the program, have written things and they've given us books or they've given us other things. Mm. I know I was showing Lisa uh, last year, we had a painter, Bill Sutton, come out to the park. Mm. And when it was over, he gave us an original artwork, but he also had a book printed up of all of his various different paintings he did while he was in the park. And so we also have that book uh, that we can keep in our library and have a record of all of the things he got to do while he was in the park. So it really just depends on the medium. And there have been some other people that have done other things, like nature journaling. I think we had somebody that did some carving before I got to the park and things like that. And we do take people from any medium. I have had some people interested in applying in the last year or two who actually are musicians or they're dancers, and they've had questions about how that would work. Um, And I said we'd have to kind of work that out. You'd probably donate a video of you performing mm. or something like that um, and, and maybe sheet music if you're a musician. So it really just depends. And Lisa, I think, is going to frame that poem. So we're That's going correct. to hang it up. Um, like the yes, visitor center or headquarters. So, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. This is my gift. I, I just... <laughs> and this all came to me just walking that trail, thinking of all those unknowns and what can I do for them. Can't give them a name or a face, but I can okay. understand and listen to their voice. Yeah, and here they are. Wonderful, wonderful. What Everyone again, it's com, and that's S A M I A. And then also keep up with the park. Go to nps.gov forward slash M A N A. So Manassas National Battlefield Park is the place to go visit when you can. And of course, keep up with Lisa as well. Thank you both for joining me. It's been a wonderful conversation. It was a pleasure. And Enlightening. Yeah, thank you so much. You. Take Thanks. care. This was great. Thank you, Lisa. Liz, it's always great to hear your voice. <laughs> great to talk to you, Lisa, again. Thank uh, you. Thank been, you. It's been different than that. Oh, I know. I, I, oh, I think we're getting turning off the audio. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. 